1: Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Christine Hawkman. She is a certified high performance coach through Brendan Burchard and mindset coach who empowers leaders to shift from burning out to vibrant so they can unleash their full potential and lead with more purpose and positive impact. Christine, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. I'm so excited for our time together today. Can you share a little bit of your story with us, how you became a high performance coach and when did you decide that was your passion? Oh, well, I
0: guess it is kind of a story because you know how, when you look back at your life sometimes and you see there's just been this pattern and there's this thread that's kind of guided you. So I can't say, Oh, there's just this one thing, but you know, when I look back at all the leaps of faith, I took all the times that I had this calling and the sign And I've always been guided to be this coach. I think back to when I was 12 years old, I was this family mediator. I don't know. I just naturally became the family mediator, you know, helping people communicate and resolve conflict. And sometimes it showed up as me just bossing around my younger brothers because older sister knows best. Right. (laughs) And just even in high school, then I gravitated towards tutoring people and helping people. And I just realized I'm always trying to help people grow in some way. And so in my career, then I just loved leading and cultivating these environments where people could thrive and just helping them really become their best. And so part of what I love to do too, is learn. I'm really curious and I have this adventurous spirit. So there was a point in my career where I had done these different shifts and I look back and I thought, I'm really weird. Like, there's, I have these weird experiences. I don't know. I don't know about this. And I was kind of unsure. Then I had, who was a mentor of mine. He found me on LinkedIn and he saw my backgrounds and he was like, he thought what I thought was weird was awesome. He's like, you're unique. You're exactly what I need. And that gave me an amazing opportunity that eventually led me to be one of three co-director women of a nonprofit startup, which was a really vital piece to me becoming a coach because That I remember, I loved that role, but I had this point at the end of, it was about fall of 2018 and I was journaling and I was saying to myself, I have had this calling to help people become their best selves and I'm ready to do it in a new way and I'm ready to be a coach and I need to do it. But I just had this doubt, right? Like, you know, how you just get that doubt of like, oh, you can't do that. Oh, that you're not ready. Oh, one day, maybe in 10 more years of this. And I decided One year later, I'm going to do it. I'm going to listen to my intuition. I'm going to do this right now. And I decided, you know, I'm going to try to get in the world's best training for coaching, which is Brendan Burchard's high-performance coach training. I got in and that was February of 2020. So, you know, what happens the next month? It's great. The world, you know, shuts down with COVID. But Amy, I tell you what, that was another sign that I did it at exactly the right time because now people need coaching more than ever. They need support for their struggles more than ever especially shifting from burnout to vibrant. So I'm really glad that I listened to that weirdness of my career. And I followed that journey because I feel like everything brought me to this point and set me to be a coach in exactly the right time when I was supposed to.
1: I love that story. I think in so many ways, COVID, even though as bad as it's been, it's been a blessing in some ways, you know, new beginnings for people.
0: Oh, I've seen that in so many people. It gave them this opportunity to look at their lives and say, like, what do I really want? I mean, I'm not satisfied. I'm not going to tolerate this. I want more for my family. And it is this opportunity to hit the reset button and refresh. So I totally agree with you.
1: Yeah. So in walking through your journey, what are you grateful for? My journey, I'd say
0: everything. I mean, the ups and downs, the curveballs, the blessings to have this ability, I think for me to always look at a challenge and find a gift in it. I think it started off with me being really curious and my parents instilling that in me and also really helping it blossom. I'm going to say like, I'm really grateful for being curious because honestly, I see life as this big experiment, this journey, this adventure, and there's always something to learn and discover. And so I've really applied that to my own health struggles, my infertility journey, my failures. If I'd have to pick something that I'm most grateful for, I'd say in eighth grade, my dad got sick and then he was sick for nine years when I was in high school and college. So he went through liver cancer, liver transplants, plural life complications, life flights, ER visits, ICU stays. And, you know, he went through a lot of pain, but he didn't suffer because he had, you know, suffering is a mental mindset thing. And he always, no matter what had this positive, joyful outlook, he had this fire lit in him and just would shine light. I mean, he'd be in the ICU room on his toughest days and he'd be shining light and making people laugh. So I think what I'm most grateful for is that he gave me these gifts just by being him and going through this hardship with such grace, because he set this example for me, And he's been gone for 14 years. And I swear I lean on him still. Like I think to him about him and I go, if my dad could do this, I can do it. And if I am supposed to be a coach, I'm going to shine light. I'm going to keep his fire lit in the world. So I am really grateful, even though it was so hard and he had to suffer. I'm really grateful for those gifts he gave me through that whole
1: experience. Wow. That's such an amazing story. But what a great inspiration and legacy as well. And that opportunity that you get to carry his legacy on is a powerful thing.
0: Yeah. I love that word legacy. I think that's so important. And it's something I talk about all the time, you know, with clients, I just was talking about that actually in a group coaching call just an hour ago. And it's like, what do you want that legacy to be? And I feel like my dad really had that on cue on point and look at this, like, you know, it's almost two decades later and he still inspires me and other people.
1: Yeah. So what are some indicators that someone is on autopilot? Ooh, that's a good question. If you're not
0: sure if you're on autopilot, then I'll give you a couple of things that maybe will make you say, yeah, that's me. (laughs) Okay. So if you feel like you're just going through the motions every day, maybe it's like every day is a hamster wheel. You hop on, you go around a little bit, You know, kind of smells like crap in there. And then you hop back off. (laughs) You know, you don't feel a sense of energy or vibrancy or joy or gratitude or excitement through your day. Because even when there's struggles, you should be feeling some of that, you know, some of that in your day and generating that. A big one is if you look in the mirror and you say things like, what did I even do today? Or I really thought I'd be in a different place right now in my life by now. You know, those are some indicators. Also, if you're on autopilot, a lot of times you're going to feel this sense inside of you of angst or anxiousness because you're not showing up the way you want, right? With your family, maybe you're frustrated or you're not present. Maybe you're feeling like you're distracted all the time. You're reactive instead of proactive. Those are really common indicators that you're on autopilot. And I'd say too, if you just feel like you're missing this connection to a North Star, you know, a stronger purpose, that's also an indicator that you probably are kind of living Robot style and not truly purpose driven human style.
1: Yeah, I like that last one, especially because it's so easy to someday in the future, I'll, you know, see my dreams come true. And, you know, it's always in the future and it's never in the present. It's always someday, someday, someday. It's so easy to get caught up in that and delay things as well. I totally
0: agree with you. There's this art and science of living, right? It's like, You can learn all these tools to, you know, get new habits in place and build your goals and vision and manifest. But also the art is knowing that you have to be firmly rooted in the ground in the present moment, finding the joy, finding the gratitude, finding the blessings while you plan that future, while you build that dream, right? Otherwise,
1: everything's just a checkbox on a list. It doesn't mean anything you only will always have this moment. And so if you don't master this moment, you're never going to reach it. So many
0: people struggle with that. And I've done it too, right? I've been the high achiever, ambitious, you know, all my self-worth and happiness hinges on accomplishing this goal and it's never enough. Right. And it's great to have goals, but like you said, that happiness comes from within. And it comes with this sense that we're filled from the inside out. Right. Once we fill that up, We have way more to give. A lot of people think it's selfish to just be happy at any given moment, but I tell you what, you know, if we're full in our hearts, we have more to give to other people and share more light. So I say, focus on filling your cup first, because it's going to help everyone.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You can give way more, way more than trying to give out of your lack. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So how do you help high achievers gain balance and fulfillment? So I love that you asked this and have the word high achiever in there because I think we first
0: need to talk through that there's a difference between high achieving and high performing. So I'm a high performance coach and a lot of people don't pick up on the difference in that language. And what I'm doing is I'm helping ambitious people shift from high achieving to high performing. So I wanna describe first what that is and then share how that's critical to get to balance and fulfillment. So, you know, as a visual, pretend you have a coin. Okay, so you've got a coin. And there's two sides and one's a little shiny. One's a little dirty, right? One was on the street for a couple of years and you just picked it up. The other one's shiny and clean. So on one side, you have high achievement. So high achieving means you can be really great at ambition and being driven and getting it done and succeeding. But the other side, the dirty side where it's like, you know, you might be overly focused on perfection, which makes you miserable and others miserable with you and actually slows you down. Like what we talked about, all your self worth hinges on this success, external success. It means you're always kind of miserable. You're never really happy. And then what's really common too is that you're always exhausted and burned out because if you're always go, go, going, you're on these sprints and you never recover. So you're really up and down. So it's like this roller coaster where you're like, oh, I'm doing great for a while. And then bam, you hit this low, you have to recover, you come back up. So on the other end, if you look at high performance, The way we describe it is you make a shift where you are successful, you are reaching your goals, but you are also equally focused on making sure you're healthy, you're vibrant, you have great relationships, you're balanced, and you're doing that really consciously so that you have this sustained level of performance, right? So you're not on a roller coaster, you're sustaining it. You know, you're not doing more today than you can't recover from tomorrow, right? For the most part, unless there's an emergency. So I'd say that when you're really focused on high performance, you get to balance and fulfillment because you're taking care of yourself emotionally, mentally, physically, right? I'd say you shift from this perfection to seeking excellence. So, you know, one rule of thumb that I share with clients all the time is instead of trying to be perfect as a parent or a leader focus on being 1% better every day, 1% that's doable, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: And, you know, I'd say too, the reason my company is called one degree shifts is because I feel that when you focus on taking small shifts, that first little shift matters, every little shift you make stacks up over time. And then all of a sudden you look back in six months and six years like you, and you say, wow, I did the work. I did those little moves and that made a difference, but I'm not burned out. I feel great. So I think to make it sustainable, we really need to start valuing endurance over sprinting. Right. And knowing that I can do this, it's just going to take some time.
1: Yeah. And dealing with perfectionism, I think that's part of kind of fuels that too. Right. Because you think, oh, if I'm going to do X, Y, and Z project, then everything's got to be perfect about that project or that launch or whatever it is that you're doing. And then we get stuck in, we get in our own way because of the perfectionism. And then you spend so much time majoring on the minors that. Oh yeah. And then like, let's say you go forward. It didn't turn out the way that you thought. And you spent so much time on this stupid stuff. Oh,
0: I totally you know? agree. Yes. I I'm Christine. I'm a recovering perfectionist. So I totally, <laughs> oh, I totally resonate. There were so many times where I probably drove my team crazy. You are so much slower when you're trying to make everything at this unattainable level of perfection. And so I really, I think for me, it's helped me because I want to serve with excellence and always be better. but. I got to stop seeking this perfection. It's just going to take me down. So yeah. I, I totally agree. We got to get over this. It's tough, but we really have to stop this. <laughs> perfection yeah.
1: thing. And it does help to look at things as drafts. So even if you create something and the project is done, seeing it as a draft, and you're going to go at some point and do even better version. Yes. I love that. I spent time in innovation
0: and in startup. And so it was all about following really the lean startup model, which is you're putting it out there, MVP in it, right? Minimum viable product and you're iterating and then you're moving forward. So with that iterative style, that innovation mindset, it really does allow you to get things done, get things out there get them better and keep going without just waiting and waiting and dragging your feet. So I think that it's a really great mindset to adopt in our own lives too, because if we are always waiting for things to be perfect and anything throws us off our game, we're never going to iterate. We're never going to figure it out. You know, I remember last year, I have a job, you know, running my company and my son is home. My three-year-old's home from daycare because it's closed and it's COVID. And I realized like, I kept trying different things. It's like, okay, this isn't working. I'm not really, you know, surviving well this way. So let me try something else. So then that worked for a little bit and then things blew up. And then I literally would have papers once a week all over my desk, figuring out potential solutions for how I can run my life and my work. And I just kept trying until I figured out something that worked. And I think that if we adopt that mindset, it's just, we can figure it out. We always have the ability to figure it out. Just try to experiment a little bit, right? Don't get so tied down to the perfect outcome.
1: Yeah, just start and do tweaks as you go. Yes, tweaks as you go, yeah.
0: Oh, and you know, there's two other things that I feel really help high achievers make that shift to fulfillment and balance. And one is to feel balanced, you really have to get intentional about putting attention in all your life areas. I call it the life compass. So I've got this life compass and it has all your life areas. And I start off having clients look at what's your baseline, like one to 10, where are you? And it's not to judge yourself. It's just to get intentional and aware of, are you even spending any time at all in that life area? So you've got your work, you've got your family, you've got your friends, you've got your health, you've got your spirit, you've got your finances, right? All these different areas. And so if you're looking at what is your baseline and then what's your aspiration for each area, and then you put it on your calendar and you get really, really intentional about it you don't have this perfect balance in life ever, right? It's never going to be every day. It's five hours of work, five hours of play, five hours of family time. But if you're putting a little bit of attention into all the areas of your life over the month, over the year, that's when you start to feel balanced, right? Like that's when you're feeling like, oh, okay, I've got some attention in everything. And then you feel like there's some harmony here. It's not just all about work. And then i say too, like, celebrating yourself, right? Celebrate all the wins on the journey, the little things, because everyone feels like they can only celebrate if they climb Mount Everest. That takes months, like celebrate every single day, keep a wins list. So I keep a wins list in my daily planner and every day I write stuff down, you know, progress. I celebrate myself. Some days it's great. You know, I change someone's life. Some days it's I pet the dogs when I was annoyed, <laughs> whatever. <laughs>
1: you celebrate yourself. Right. <laughs> Let me ask you about celebrating yourself. What are some ways that you do that? Well, the wins list is one. I found that I needed to
0: have a structured way to look at something every day through my day and say, Hey, Christine, how have you made progress today? How can you celebrate yourself? Cause it's really easy to just kind of Get to the end of the day and be like, oh no, I don't have to think about that. But when I, you know, look at my calendar, or I look at my planner multiple times a day, it prompts me to say, oh, I'm going to write something down. And it, what it does too is it creates this trigger to look back in your day and find something good, which is nice because it's really easy to focus on the negative all the time. I say, too, creating some celebration accountability with a buddy. So I do it with my husband. You know, we, are really getting good about celebrating each other and asking each other what was good about today? What made you excited about today? And kind of infusing that, you know, celebration for life, reverence for life into our days really consciously. And that has helped both of us a lot. And it sets a good example for our son because we ask him to and get him excited about it.
1: So that really helps. What does it mean to be present and why is that important to high achievers? Okay. So presence
0: is when you're truly in the moment. Feeling it physically, emotionally, mentally, right? You're in tune with your senses, what's happening around you, and presence is everything, right? So for high achieving people, a lot of people think, "Oh, it's not a big deal," but it is everything, you know. So think about, I'll break it down in a few examples. So think about your computer. If you've got, you know, 100 windows open, 15 word docs, <laughs> emails in. That's a lot going on, right? And it slows down your computer because it's not optimized. So think about your psychological desktop, right? When we have so much going on in our minds constantly and we're trying to multi-focus, we're not really giving all of our creative effortless flow into one thing. And it's super draining emotionally and creatively. So if you want to be a high achiever and you want to be optimized and really you know, produce some great work and get in a flow, you've got to get focused in the moment. And that means you've got to cut the distractions and you've got to learn how to really tune in and redirect your mind to the present. And that's going to help your work. And then also presence matters so much because people feel it, right? I mean, you know, like, you know, if someone's genuinely present, if they care. And I think kids are such a great checkpoint for us. So, you know, a toddler comes up to you and you're on your cell phone and you're you're playing on social media and they're talking to you and you're saying, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, uh uh-huh, right. They know you're full of crap. I mean, they know you're not paying attention, right? So (laughs) that's really important because one, they feel like they're not worthy of your time, whoever is talking to you. And then two, they're probably gonna act out and try to get your attention in a more destructive way, right? And then it's frustrating. So it pays to be present especially if you want to influence people, right? As high achieving people as leaders, we want to influence people, our family, our clients, our teams. And you really got to get present with people so they feel heard and they feel your energy. And it's not just data. It's not just words. It's not just numbers, right? They're human.
1: Yeah. That's interesting that you say that. I remember reading this book. Gosh, who was it by? I think it was former FBI agent and it was called The Like Switch. And he talked about charisma, like you were saying, and influence and how it was very, very important to be present in the moment. And that is how like Marilyn Monroe would turn on Marilyn is all of a sudden she'd be present with the people and being able to turn on that charisma. It's very interesting that it's very subtle and how being a charismatic person really means being present and caring about people. Yes. I love that. And that's how you have influence and how you have power because you care. (laughs) I totally agree. A lot of
0: high achievers miss that. A lot of leaders miss that and they don't realize, especially today, you know, if you want to influence and persuade people, you know, I work with my clients all the time on this, it's a core pillar of what we do. You've got to be able to influence. And that means you need to connect into the energetic channel, right? It's subtle. It's not just the data channel. You can share words and data and facts and figures all day long. But when you're just doing that, and you're only in tune with the data channel, you're missing out on the energy channel. And it's rich with people's true fears, their true desires, their true needs, right? And that's in their energy, their tone, their facial expressions. But the way we as leaders sometimes forget to behave is that we portray and what energy we share directly impacts all those people around us, and it's bounced back to us. So We can create an environment, you know, you're all about thriving, right? You can create an environment where your team or your family can thrive, but you have to get in tune with that energetic channel first. It's not just about telling people what to do. It's about showing them and leading them and hearing what they're feeling.
1: Yeah, definitely. So how do you design your future with an intention and implement that? There's
0: lots of ways and tools to design and think about your future and habits, but first we have to start with our mindset right? Because that's a lot of what people miss. We first need to own our role and responsibility as the architect of our future, right? We are the designers of our days. We've got to own it first because until you commit to that, you will always make an excuse for your future not going the way as planned. I hear people say, oh, I'll try to find the time, you know, one day, spoiler alert, there's no magic genie in a bottle. It's going to poof with more time, right? (laughs) I mean, it's, The language we use and the mindset we have starts this. So shifting to, I will create the time. I will make the time. I will prioritize. And once you commit to your mindset that you own your future, you own that design role, then you can shift into the how, right? So the how you can break down and that's really doable, right? So I first, I tell my clients, you got to get crazy intentional, right? Life is busy. It's distracting. We really need our North star to guide us. So I'll go back to, you know, my life compass areas are really powerful because they allow you to get intentional. Like, where do you want to go with all these life areas? Now, what's your North star? What is guiding you? What's your legacy going to be one day? And it's really powerful to ask these questions because once you figure out what's important to you, then you just put it into play. You prioritize it, you schedule it, you protect it, you create habits around it. So think about your life. You know, if anyone listening is thinking about their life and they're feeling, okay, I've got the mindset. I'm committed to designing my future. but you feel a little lost? You know, one is looking at all your life compass areas and setting an aspiration and then making sure every single week you sit down and you spend some time, at least a half an hour planning out your week and you block out time to advance those every week, right? You know, if you have a big major goal, 30 minutes a day should be spent on that minimum. Otherwise it's never gonna come to life. And then, you know, look at the gaps you have because you might need help. You might need coaching. You might need accountability, technology, training, and just think about your life as you being an athlete. I mean, any great athlete who wants to achieve something new, like the gold Olympic medal, they first seek out, okay, I got to get a new mindset in check. I've got to get a coach to train me in a new way. And then I've got to get past my comfort zone and try something new every single day. I think you got to live your life that way too.
1: Yeah. Definitely. That's really good. What happens when we actually sacrifice an area of our life for success? So let's say there's something we really want to go after and we start to sacrifice our relationships or we start to, you know, really focus on relationship and put, you know, some of our aspirations on hold. What really happens when we start to do that?
0: Yeah, that's a great question because it happens to all of us, right? It's all about, constantly being aware of how we're feeling and in tune with that level of, Oh, is there something imbalanced here? Right. Because something's going to give if we're overly focused in one area. So I would say, you know, when you're thinking about how do I know, like, if I'm sacrificing something, maybe you're feeling like something's missing. That's really important you know, or you're lost in the woods without a compass, or you're not joyful or connected to people enough, you know, or you're on that hamster wheel. So I think it plays out too in our energy because if we're overly focused on maybe accomplishments or our work and we're sacrificing our health, then we're low energy or exhausted. We're emotionally and, and mentally and physically just drained. And then it could show up too in your relationships. So say you're not spending enough time with your family and friends You're probably feeling tension, fighting misunderstandings. You're not on the same page, right? Mm -hmm. So I say that there's always something that's going to give if you're not aware of how much attention you're putting in each life area. And it's really an art. You got to keep playing around with it, right? If you feel like there's an imbalance, make a shift, try something new. Because I think the worst thing that could happen is you get to the end of your life and say, I sacrificed too much for what I really cared about. You know, I didn't live enough. I didn't love enough. I didn't matter enough. So just figure out what do you want to do more of and keep trying to do it. So
1: can you share some of your client success stories with us?
0: Yeah. Oh, I have the best clients in the world. I love them. What they do is so incredible. I mean, just going past their comfort zone and just putting in the work to show up at their best and try new things is so awesome. I have this one client. I started working with her in the beginning of the year. And she started off in a really low state. So she left a really toxic work environment, corporate environment. And I think a lot of people can relate to this toxic boss, toxic culture. It had her low. I mean, emotionally, physically wiped out, unclear of where she's going next. No job because she left. She couldn't take it anymore. And her confidence was shot. I mean, it totally had her low and I met her where she was at. You know, I knew that even though she was in this really low point, I can see what was inside her. I knew her potential and I knew she could elevate. So I met her where she was at and helped her meet her fears, you know, work through and process with her mindset work, everything she went through, how she could turn all of those challenges into gifts and opportunities to learn and put new habits into place, take care of herself, right? Building courage and influence skills and present skills. So What's awesome is she eventually then was ready to go out and find a job that was aligned with her new values. She got multiple job offers from amazing places. And she decided to take some of the new skills that she learned with our coaching and really tap into her intuition. And she let that guide her. And she's a very logical data driven person. And this drove her to pick this job that she is so happy in. She's this new leader there she is taking it to new levels she's just looked upon as an amazing human they're always asking her you know like, like how are you you and she's like oh it's my coach <laughs> it's not, <laughs> and it's her it's totally her i love that but it did help her so much and it still does and you know she's got two kids and a husband so she's doing the family thing she says to me she says i love how i feel i love how my family sees a difference in me And that I'm confident to take on what's next. And for me, like that is everything, you know, that fuels me to just keep doing this work because seeing that shift in her and the ripple effect as a leader and as a mom is just incredible.
1: Yeah, that's really neat. And you know, there's so many times we do need somebody in our court that's cheering for us. And I think that a lot of people miss out on that when they don't get a coach, get somebody that's going to help them to get to the next place in their life that they need to go.
0: So I totally agree. You know, I just did group coaching earlier and they were mentioning how just having the space to be safe and share their struggles and to hear other people are struggling too. And, you know, to do that so they don't feel like they're on an Island. That's the words that one of the business owners used. He's like, so I'm not on an Island, right? It's just, it's hard. This can be hard running a business, having a family, trying to make, you know, do with what you have and then trying to be better. It's tough. So I think when you just, lean on people for support. And coaches are so good at celebrating. I was, I'm like a cheerleader for my clients, right? I'm going to cheer them on and celebrate every step of the way. And I think that's so important. We all need that.
1: Yes, definitely. So I think you might've already answered this, but I'm going to ask you anyway, because I like to ask everybody, what is your truth that has gotten you this far in your journey?
0: Thinking back one thing that really grounds me and helps me stay calm and confident yet allows me to jump off cliffs into the unknown is that I know I have the ability to figure it out. I will always be able to figure it out no matter what happens or life throws at me. And I tell
1: you what, that truth is my rock and will keep me going. If you were able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out, what would it be? Definitely give yourself more grace, Christine, (laughs) because I have
0: been so hard on myself over the years, you know, I have learned that a hard-ass approach and beating myself up and pushing myself past exhaustion does not make me better. It does not help me accomplish more. It makes things harder and I'm not at my best. So I would say young Christine, give yourself more grace, give yourself more love because the more you can fill your cup, the more you have to give to others and you appreciate the journey so much more and you have so much more faith that it'll all work out.
1: So, Christine, if there's people that want to work with you, I know that you've got some one-on-one coaching, you've got a women's group, you do some mental fitness and workshops. What's the best way for someone to get a hold of you and start working with you?
0: So, if you go to my website 1degreeshiftsplural.com, and just click on the link, the button to book a call with me, we can talk. Just a curiosity call, just a discovery call to see where you're at, what you're looking for, and to see if there's some magic and there's a way that we could work together. I think that's an important first step because yes, you can email me and we could just communicate that way, but I'd love to talk to you and see... Where are you struggling? Where do you need resources? So please go there, send me a contact form or click a link on my website and just book a call with me and we'll go from there.
1: Perfect. And I'll put all those links down below as well. Christine, thank you so much for coming on and sharing today. It's been amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I love
0: your spirit and just how you're so committed to your own growth and your story that you share with people. Is incredible. I think it gives hope to people because you've overcome so much and you have such a positive outlook and this learning mindset. I think that it just gives hope to people because no matter what you've been through, there is light, right? There's a way to learn from it and grow from it. So stay the course and thank you so much for having me on to share my story.
1: Yes, thank you so much as well. And if you're listening, you want more information about our podcast and upcoming shows, you can visit. um, Thank you, everyone, and have a wonderful week.